Oh man, I I don't think uh, I don't think the January sixth committee would have Alex Jones. They would be afraid that it would be a spectacle, and they don't want that. Like they they wouldn't want they wanted him to sit for a deposition so that they could use segments of his deposition the way they have. But I don't think they would let him have like a live microphone on national TV. No, not a chance in hell. And who knows what the fuck he would say if he had that. He would take that opportunity. Man, would it be awesome if if we could watch that, but that's never going to happen. It's currently unclear what the committee's specific interests are in Jones's communications. Rolling Stone reported... Lawyers for the Sandy Hook plaintiffs, however, have alleged that Jones deliberately withheld relevant communications about the false claims he spread about the tragedy and lied about having conducted a search for the records. Alex Jones is fucked. Alex Jones is fucked. Couldn't have happened to a shittier guy. So tonight, I'm like, I'm trying to be upbeat tonight. I'm trying to. I've been, I've, I've been, I've been doomer, fucking news the last few nights, telling you about how shitty monkeypox is, COVID making a roaring comeback. We play, we played the dude from the UN. It's like we are on the brink of total annihilation. We've, we've been, we've been seeing the effects of climate change firsthand. But tonight, I'm trying to be more on the positive side. I know, I know. She safely has left Taiwan. China uh, was all blustered and actually didn't actually want to pull some shit. Come on, China. Which, I mean, like, it would have been World War III if they had done that shit. And I guess, I guess, I guess Biden knew. But we're not talking about that yet. Unless you want to talk about it. Do you want to talk about that? Let's talk about that. I mean, why the fuck not? We're on the subject. Let's do it. We're looking at rising tensions following Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. Controversial and perhaps consequential visits to Taiwan in decades. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has now left the self-governing island, but the fallout remains to be... We don't really get a lot of Xi Jinping memes, and like that would be like the one upside to war with China, is we get a hell of a lot more Xi Jinping... Buy stock in Xi Jinping memes. Where where's the Jim Cramer meme where he's telling you to buy stock in different memes? Xi Jinping, Winnie the Pooh memes are gonna go through the through the fucking roof. Justin freaking calls it. August thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Mark it down on your calendars. Xi Jinping memes going through the roof. Buy, buy, buy. be seen. Nick Schifrin looks at her trip and what comes next. Ladies and gentlemen, in Taipei's presidential office building today, the second in line to the U.S. presidency received Taiwan's highest civilian honor. 
and presented U.S. support as part of a global struggle. Today, the world faces a choice between democracy and autocracy. America's determination to preserve democracy here in Taiwan and around the world remains ironclad. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's trip lasted 19 hours. She led a congressional delegation to meet President Tsai Ing-wen. Thank you so much for your presence. Taiwanese lawmakers in a speech broadcast on local TV and visited the National Human Rights Museum, which acknowledges Taiwan's past history of martial law. Pelosi also met with famous pro-democracy advocates who've been jailed by Beijing and who helped lead the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests. Chinese police abruptly halted a Tiananmen Square ceremony by three members of the U.S. Congress today. Her trip culminates more than three decades of criticizing Chinese human rights from Tiananmen Square. The massacre was shocking to us as, as was to everyone in the world. Tibet. Look at that young Nancy. Tibet has challenged the conscience of the world. And Xinjiang. This genocide must end now. But China considers Taiwan a breakaway province, and Pelosi's trip a threat to its sovereignty. What Pelosi has done is by no means a defense of democracy, but a violation of China's territorial integrity. The relevant measures will be strong. Those measures so far, Chinese naval drills in the Taiwan Strait. And today, fighter jets cross the median line that splits the strait, which is just 80 miles wide at its most narrow. Beijing vows now to hold military... RB, I need to keep a bucket of cold water next to me so I can throw on RB over here. You live in sexual anarchy? I mean, go look up her beach pictures. You may, you may reconsider being with her now. Terry exercises in six areas around the island, including inside territorial Taiwan. Bonk, bonk, bonk. The largest drill since 1995. Taiwan calls that reckless. China's announcement on its drills is equal to sea and air blockades. It has severely infringed our country's territorial sovereignty. And to discuss Speaker Pelosi's trip, I'm joined by Bonnie Glazer, director of the Asia program at the German Marshall Fund, a think tank, and Yun Sun, director of the... I am not pulling up a picture of Nancy Pelosi in a bathing suit for you guys. No, that's not happening. In a program at the Stimson Center Stop being horny. Policy Institute here in Washington, D.C. Welcome to both of you to the news hour. Bonnie Glazer, let me start with you. Should Speaker Pelosi have gone to Taiwan? Well, I think that Speaker Pelosi should have gone to Taiwan at another time. I really do think that it's the timing of this visit that makes. But if you haven't seen it, she got some some big old mommy knockers. Uh, the, the Chinese certainly viewed the timing of the visit, I think, as provocative. The problem is this is in the run-up to the 20th Party Congress. It's right a, a day or two after the PLA anniversary and the leadership meetings that are coming up in Beidaiha that take place every summer. And I think that there was pressure on Xi Jinping to demonstrate a very strong resolve uh, to warn the United States and Taiwan to not go further down the path of threat. And no, yeah, see, this is the thing. This is the reason why I didn't want to do like this got all off topic. We're talking about an incredibly serious topic. And then we boiled a woman who like, we don't like Nancy Pelosi, but the reasons we don't like Nancy Pelosi are substantive. Uh, to, to, to boil Nancy Pelosi down to her looks in a bikini is wrong to one of the most powerful women in the world. Unfortunately. 
And like, and clearly like Nancy used to be, you know, more progressive or I guess just like seemed more progressive based upon the time. (laughs) Ah, God. I'm not the horny one here. I'm not the horny one. I'm trying. I, I couldn't help myself but make jokes about Nancy's. And like that was wrong of me. That was just as exploitive as somebody wanting to jack off to her boobs. But I couldn't help myself to make the jokes. I couldn't help myself to make the jokes. I Justin is part of the problem. But Justin tries to, like, you know, correct himself in real time and be like, oh, I shouldn't, probably shouldn't have done that. Like, you know, this is, this was what was wrong with what I did. And we can talk through it and, and work through, you know, growing. Justin is part of the problem. And I was really wanting to, to listen to this story. This is for PBS NewsHour. Blockades. It has severely infringed our country's territorial sovereignty. And to discuss Speaker Pelosi's trip, I'm joined by Bonnie Glazer, director of the Asia Program at the German Marshall Fund, a think tank, and Yun Sun, director of the China Program at the Stimson Center, a foreign policy institute here in Washington, D.C. Welcome to both of you to the news hour. Bonnie Glazer, let me start with you. Should Speaker Pelosi have gone to Taiwan? Well, I think that Speaker Pelosi should have gone to Taiwan at another time. I really do think that it's the timing of this visit that makes it particularly uh, sensitive, uh, dangerous even. Uh, the, the Chinese certainly viewed the timing of the visit, I think, as provocative. The problem is this is in the run-up to the 20th Party Congress. It's right a, a day or two after the PLA anniversary and the leadership meetings that are coming up in Beidaiha that take place every summer. And I think that there was pressure on Xi Jinping to demonstrate a very strong resolve uh, to warn the United States and Taiwan to not go further down the path of threatening Chinese interests. Yunsun, do you agree that the upcoming party congress later this year almost forces Xi Jinping to escalate. Well, I feel that the argument can be, mo- can be made from both ways. That the fact that the party congress is coming up could be a factor that put pressure on Xi Jinping to act. But at the same time, you could also argue that because party congress is so close, it's only three months later, Xi Jinping's top priority is domestic and his priority is stability. And therefore, he's not going to take forceful act in terms of the uh, military response. So I feel that this uh, party congress is really a factor that could be argued on both sides. Bonnie Glazer, why does Beijing oh, shit. so upset uh, about this trip? Uh, hey, Mox, I think, I think your theory makes sense as well. What President Biden has been saying, you referred to U.S. policy. He has referred in the last year three times to the... Everything is downstream for like... Like, NVIDIA doesn't produce in Taiwan, but yeah, Taiwan makes their chips. Everything is downstream from Taiwan because they make the microprocessors. And they don't, they don't allow anything but, like, out, like the current-gen chips are, are manufactured elsewhere. The next-gen chips are only manufactured in Taiwan. Like the like like apparently like it's really expensive equipment, right? To to be able to fabricate the and you got to keep inventing new equipment to make the smaller and smaller microprocessors. 
the possibility that the U.S. would support Taiwan militarily? Well, actually, I think that the president um, has the prerogative to say that he would come to Taiwan's defense, and he believes that that would strengthen deterrence. And yes, he has said that three times. What is more problematic from my perspective is that the president has repeatedly said we have a commitment to do so. He is, of course, referring to the Taiwan Relations Act from 1979, which does has, have some obligations uh, that the United States uh, has, particularly supplying weapons uh, to Taiwan. But the United States, and it's since 1979, when we broke our mutual defense treaty with Taiwan, does not have a commitment to come to Taiwan's defense. So I think that that in particular has been uh, confusing and probably in China has been interpreted with some concern. Yunsun, what has not been confusing this week is Beijing's anger and some of the live fire drills and some of the training exercises that Beijing has launched just in the last few days in response to Speaker Pelosi's visit. But do you believe or do you see those as particularly aggressive? Actually, no. Actually, I see Beijing's response has been underwhelming, especially if you put it into context of what the Chinese threat well. had been before uh, the Pelosi visit to, to Taiwan. The Chinese yeah, they threatened to shoot her down. Threatened the missile exercises. They threatened a forced Taiwan Street crisis if Speaker of the House Pelosi was going to visit Taiwan. But we also know that none of those particularly provocative or, react, uh, or aggressive military ac actions were taken before she landed in Taiwan. Now that she is gone, she is out of Taiwan, and the Chinese are putting on live fire uh, military exercises. They're also announcing sanctions on Taiwanese products. They also announced the ban, the ban of export of natural sand to, to Taiwan. So which means to me that the Chinese reaction to the Pelosi visit has been primarily focused on punishing Taiwan rather than reacting to the United States. Bonnie Glaser, huh. has the response been underwhelming, as Yun Sun just said? Well, I do disagree, uh, particularly if you look at the declared closure zones, which is where China is going to fire missiles. They are very close to Taiwan. And in some cases, they overlap with Taiwan's territorial sea and airspace. That's within 12 nautical miles of the island. So we will find out when these uh, live missile exercises begin, which is on Thursday. So should we should we trust the the Chinese woman to because she is in closer proximity to what's going on or should we assume that she's being softer on China possibly stay uh, but it looks like the Chinese plan to fire missiles in uh, Taiwan's airspace and uh, perhaps uh, actually fly aircraft in that airspace. Uh, the tabloid Global Times, which not authoritative, but sometimes is correct, has said that uh, <laughs> China will fly its aircraft over Taiwan. Any of those things would be extremely provocative. And what I'd like to highlight is that these closure zones are close to Taiwan's ports. They are close to its um, international airport. This is very clearly a signal of capability to blockade Taiwan. So that is dangerous and provocative and escalatory. Yunsun, how dangerous are she they? Makes a, she makes a point. Out of hand because the Chinese, in fact, are trying to gauge how Taiwan is going to react to these series of military activities planned by China and whether, more importantly for the Chinese, whether the United States will come to Taiwan's support or Taiwan's rescue um, in terms of the Chinese planned military exercises. And quickly, Bonnie Glazer, the longer term... They're both correct. ...of 
Speaker Pelosi's trip, not only both were informative, but also here tracking the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, considering the Taiwan Policy Act, which would dramatically increase U.S. military support to Taiwan. Yes, I think there is bipartisan support in Congress for increasing military support, uh, perhaps providing foreign military financing for, for Taiwan, so actual resources, and selling more offensive weapons uh, going forward, maybe even designating Taiwan as a non-NATO ally. All of those provisions are in the Taiwan Policy Act. Uh, we do not know whether it will pass, but it is indicative of the growing uh, sense of urgency in the United States, in Congress, also I believe in the executive branch, that the United States has to do more to help Taiwan defend itself. Yun Sun, quickly, just in the time we have, growing sense of urgency uh, in a bipartisan way in Washington. Uh, I think that, that would make sense, Arby. As well, does he understand that U.S. support for Taiwan is only going to become stronger as time passes by? But the question for Beijing is that should they take actions now? If they know that the future is only going to be more difficult for China to achieve its unification agenda, and there is a voice asking for it. But the counter-argument is that, well, if China takes action now, can China really succeed? And I think that's where the Chinese military becomes more reluctant to provide a straight answer. So, yes, indeed, the situation is uh, extremely dangerous. And when we look down the road, it probably will get even more in, more tense as these uh, interactions continue. Yun Sun, Bonnie Glazer, thanks very much to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Both of them were very informative. The PBS can be good, and we're going to go to a, le- a less informative U.S. perspective from General David Petraeus. Now, you former head of the CIA. For Pelosi's visit, we're already seeing a blockade of sorts around Taiwan. What do you think we'll see? Well, I don't think that President Xi, at the end of the day, really wants. Oh to no. Oh, no. Uh, his uh, words seem to indicate that he's not out to, to, to pick a fight in response to this action that has taken place, which has been awkward to say the least, particularly in Washington, where you have the president, the national security military reportedly discouraging this, the speaker going ahead, others saying it's the speaker's right, and it is. Uh, but again, the timing of this is very difficult in particular because President Xi, let's remember, he is in election season as well. Mm-hmm. He's three months away from the gathering of the Communist Chinese Communist Party, which will presumably uh, re-elect him for an unprecedented third term as party leader. That will be followed by his re-election as the president and the head of the military commission. He wanted a smooth path to this. Uh, this particular trip at this time uh, and in this way really does force him to be an ultra-nationalist. He has to show that he's tougher than all the rest. So you will see these live-fire exercises all around the island of Taiwan. You'll see aircraft uh, uh, back into the airspace and so forth. Uh, All of this, I think, we will see. And I would suspect this may play out over some time as well. This will not just be, you know, a spasm of, of activity right now. There could be further Uh, repercussions down the line. There are also some economic uh, sanctions that have been imposed on Taiwan as a result of this as well. So this will take some time to play out. I don't see... Like pocket sand. No more pocket sand. His or China's... China around Taiwan. We clearly have positioned our forces and our capabilities so that we can do what is necessary uh, if it comes to that. That is the U.S. perspective. 
the military industrial complex, if you will. Straight from Petraeus's mouth. I don't like, so the idea of a pump and dump, the chip shortage, I don't know exactly what's going on because stonks, stonks have rebounded. Stonks rebounded. Investors cheering on strong economic data after more companies release better than expected earnings. CNBC NASDAQ reporter. Strong economic data. This comes after just like there was a deluge of headlines. Fired fucking thousands of employees, fired thousands of employees. Strong economic data. What? What? What is going on right now, guys? I have no fucking clue. I don't think they have any clue. They've been yelling about a recession. They've been yelling about an inflation. Strong economic data, though, now. What? Christina Partsinevelos joins us now to break it all down. Christina, what's the latest with the markets? Well, we're seeing stocks across the board uh, just, you know, higher, and that's led by beaten down tech names. You mentioned economic data. We've got the July uh, PMI data, so that just looks at per, uh, the um, non-manufacturing and service pretty much index, and so that came out It's higher. the CERN. For June, those statistics came out higher than expected. So you have those two economic uh, data points. You, you might be right, Mox. That was on CNBC earlier this morning saying he doesn't think we're in a recession. So there's been a lot of movement, plus stronger earnings that are coming out, stronger than expected, I should say. So that's helping uh, the markets. There's two names I want to focus on. Uh, CVS. CVS did see its shares climb about 6% right now. And that was helped by over-the-counter COVID-19 tests, as well as an upbeat performance for its insurance unit and then lastly you got match group match group is doing really poorly right now it's down what is it over 13 percent lower uh and this is because they're saying that people they're having trouble getting new users to use all of their dating apps and they also just said that the ceo of tinder left so lots of uh big movers there a lot of it has to do with strong earnings reports for sure we we do have mandy by the way welcome mandy we do have these these possible solar storms that could disrupt electrical grids and shit. I didn't I didn't put it on the on the list for tonight, but like that's a thing that is indeed going on. God damn! As it, I want I didn't I didn't I didn't want to be doom and gloom tonight. I didn't want to be I didn't want to be doom and gloom tonight. I wanted to do wanted to do good news. I wanted to talk about how the stock market's doing great. I wanted to God damn, Mandy, you missed you missed the uh, Alex Jones portion of this show, and that was the best. That might have been one of the best segments I've ever done. Just be just because Alex Jones was so entertaining. Or watching the judge and the lawyers own Alex Jones was so entertaining. <laughs> With tests and I wanted to ask you also about crypto. I hear there's more bad news in that world, so what's crypto. going on? Crypto. Uh, 
yeah, there's, it seems to be that there was a another Solana wallets. There was another cryptocurrency hack. To the moon! This month, and, it, you know, we're only Wednesday right now. So <laughs> this is a major issue uh, showing that there are some discrepancies and that you can steal from wallets. And the other major point, too, is Robinhood. Robinhood announced that they would be cutting and laying, uh, letting go of uh, 23% of their staff. This is after they let go of 9% of their staff back in April. They say it had to do with inflation and the markets and just the economy growing weaker. But you also have to think, if you held crypto about six months ago and then today you're most definitely seeing a drop. And a lot of that is affecting some of these trading platforms. Mm -hmm. So it has been like all these tech companies. They're the ones that have been laying off all the the fucking people. And to... To me, I think uh, that's just a sign of how overinflated the tech market was. But if they can lay off all those people and, and they can contract and the rest of the market is up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, where are you going, buddy? I, I kind of winced when he put his uh, paws up here because he had his claws out. Come on, Smokes. Come on, buddy. Okay, I got him. Here he comes. Here he comes. There's a Smokey. There's a Smokey. Say hi, everybody. Why you got your head down? Say hi, everybody. <laughs> Smokey be free? No, Smokey was free for eight days. And since then, he's been like up my ass. I think he really missed me. Which makes no sense, because like, why wouldn't he then come to me? Hey, Smokey, do you want to go see Loki? Sweet baby. Ow, he's... He's clawing. He's clawing my knee. I got a, I got a socks over here too, but socks gonna get him something to eat. Maynard is not. Maynard has made himself more at home in another part of the house. Smokey don't have no goddamn Stockholm syndrome. Oh, oh! By the way, by the way, if you haven't seen it, I'll show you the picture. Of Smokey when we... So, he never would come to me. So, we had to use a trap to get him. And this was the picture of him. In the in the trap. <laughs> he was not happy about it. Because, like, he goes outside he turns into a wild man or something. He's a caged animal. Man, was I so happy to have him back. I did free him. You just saw him. He was up on my lap. He was loving on me. What are you talking about? Just just moments ago, we did the... <coughs> yeah, he, he was like... He was very... I don't know how long he was in the cage. I had fallen asleep, but like it couldn't have been more than like two, two and a half hours. Oh God. Yeah. Like I, I was really upset, but we kept seeing him. That was, that was the one thing that like it had been several days, but then like, poof, he'd 
beat Joe up. So... Hard to lose hope when he would pop in and like he'd just be there for a little bit and then like another cat would run him off or something. So that's why we, we, we put we put the outdoor cat up. Changed seismically. Mandy, I kicked myself for the night that like because he's gone out before and then he just comes back like, you know, an hour or two later. Just leave the door open and he'll come in. And uh, that Friday night, that's what we had done. We had just left the door open, you know, thinking he'd just come in. And I go out and I see him. And like, I'm going up to him and because uh, he's like meowing at me and shit. I'm like, come on, buddy. And they're like, uh, she had a, like a pallet with a cinder block, like blocking the inside. Like there's a courtyard to the apartment here. And like, that's where like the cats go out and they play outside the courtyard. So she kind of had it blocked off so the cats couldn't get out. And when I moved the pallet it made like a wild noise and Smokey went running and then like, I'm like, God damn it, motherfucker. Why didn't you let me get you? So I was like, well, I'll go back in, play some video games for an hour or two and I'll come back out. He'll be ready to come in. Nope. Didn't see him the rest of the night. I went out there and like, I was out there for an hour or so. I'm like, fuck, where is he? Well, he'll come back tomorrow. So that's that's kind of, that's kind of what was going on just cause like, I walked all over the, you know, like fucking all the way down. Like it's a, it's a very large property. I, wa- I walked all the way down to try to find, he's, he's sitting over at the litter box, but he's not actually getting in the litter box. Weirdo, you're a weirdo. Anyway, Kansas, Kansas changed the midterm landscape seismically. I'm sorry, content warning. You're going to have to look at Chuck Todd's stupid face. Last night. And now everyone in American politics, from the White House to the State House, and every election in between, is trying to determine where this is headed next. After voters in what you might call Ruby Slipper Red, Kansas, overwhelmingly cited. I'm actually not gay, I'm pansexual. I'm predominantly attracted to people on the feminine side of the spectrum. I probably had more pussy than you ever will, that's for sure. But, uh, like, dick is yummy, too. And I really, I'm a big fan of girl dick. Girl dick is, is exquisite. (laughs) So, no, I am, I am not gay as fuck. I, I I hate to disappoint you. Maybe maybe you wanted to sweep me away. You wanted to you wanted to gay marriage me. I'm so hold on, I can't see your name. I can't see your name. Let me Socialist Turf, what is up? Wait, Socialist Turf. Now I This is not a turf safe zone around here. Socialist Turf. 
Just saying. Two girls, one Sean. I like cum. <laughs> what? Cum plays like one of my kinks too. I always want to know where, where do you where do you want me to come? You want it in your mouth? You want it in your pussy? You want it in your butt? You want it on your back? Socialist turf seems like a dumb fuck. Hey, like I don't. I am a total free speech absolutist. Hey, dog, if you're 17, get the fuck out of here. This is clearly an adult channel, 18 plus. Nobody, nobody wants to hear your whiny bitching. Awkward. That's what I'm saying. I'm not gay as fuck. I, sometimes I like to get gay as fuck. That's fun. The night I had a threesome with two dudes and one came in my mouth and one came in my ass, that was pretty gay, I would assume. <laughs> but, you know, that's a, that's a rarity, right? Maybe just a little gay, just a little gay. But like, you know, most of the time, like I'm, I'm, I'm more over on the other side of the spectrum. It was, it was just something I wanted to mark off of what I call my fuck it list. My fuck it list. That's what I was getting ready to say. Like, I am a free speech absolutist. However, I give the power to ban to the community and people that I trust with that power to ban. And if they decide they don't want to put up with your griefing, then uh, see ya. See ya. Uh. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. We'll indeed see who cancels who. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's part of a, it's part of one of my stand up routines. I call it my fuck it list. I don't know what these cats are doing over here. Okay. But yesterday, Kansas, Rejected removing the constitutional right to an abortion from the state constitution. Shaking the very foundation of the upcoming midterm election that is just about three months away that will really kick into high gear come next month. With abortion rights advocates striking down a proposed constitutional amendment that would have paved the way for the state legislature. Well, see, here's the thing is like, I like women... I don't, I don't really care too much for dudes. It's like, you know, dick shummy sometimes. And then like, I'm, I'm, I'm really into, uh, people on the feminine side of the spectrum that, that may not have, you know, vaginas. So like, 
and and like I'm really into you know everybody being at the party. So like you know if you if you wanna if you wanna have a party that's you know get some guys get some gals get some people that don't conform I'm totally cool let's do it the more the merrier and like let's let's have some fun let's think of some weird stuff to do. <laughs> Oh, the gay lifestyle is totally fun. You can you can have a lot of fun around some gay guys until they get to acting all like, you know. I'd say gay bars aren't fun at two o'clock in the morning, two thirty in the morning. You get to the when you get to uh closing time. Well hell yeah, Tones. <laughs> That's getting a little gay. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And it's okay to it's okay to get a little gay for uh Pride Month. Nothing gay about bouncing on your boy's dick. You live in sexual anarchy. <laughs> Nothing gay about bouncing on your boy's dick. Hey, bouncing on your boy's dick is never gonna result in you needing an abortion. Nature to increase abortion restrictions in the state, perhaps banning abortion completely. The vote loudly confirmed hopes among Democrats that abortion could be a powerful... Closing time. We've been seeing clues this summer that these midterms might not be going what you might say is the normal way for the president, for a president's first midterm. There have been signs that political winds could be shifting for his party ever so slightly. We saw the increase in voter enthusiasm, a bounce in midterm polling, which was notably decoupled from Biden's sagging job approval ratings, stronger than expected fundraising and quite a few Senate races. And then Kansas happened. Turnout last night was huge for an August primary day. In fact, in fact, it rivaled general election numbers. Unaffiliated voters turned out in huge numbers. Steve Kornacki is going to be here momentarily. We'll explain just how big that turnout was. Hell yeah. That is very promising for this fall. That voters were saying that they've gone too far. So what happens now? First off, we're going to see a lot of midterm messaging strategy change pretty quickly with Democrats recalibrating their pitch to center it on freedom and reproductive rights. President Biden already held an event today on abortion access. Yeah. Expect a lot more of daily events like these from Democratic leaders. Take a listen. Are going to show it? I won't have to show it. About what happened in Kansas last night. In a decisive vote, in a decisive victory, voters made it clear that politicians should not interfere with the... Now, he is working remotely because, once again, we are on... Biden dies of COVID watch. Fundamental rights of women. And the voters of Kansas sent a powerful signal that this fall, the American people will vote to preserve and protect the right and refuse to let them be ripped away by politicians. And my administration has their back. 
Abortion was the big story last night, but it was not the only story. Elsewhere at the ballot box, candidates backed by Donald Trump had largely a successful night. But we, not, we did not see a Republican Party that you could call and claim is in lockstep behind him. One of Trump's impeachment... They made his face oranger there. ...was only narrowly defeated, arguably... The margin of victory <laughs> clearly CGI Biden. with an assist from a Democratic campaign group. But the two Washington representatives, Dan Newhouse and uh, Jamie Herrera Butler, who are also on Trump's target list, are not only running ahead of their Trump-backed opponents, but are likely, thanks to the state's unique top two system, going to be able to face a yeah, that's, without some Trump-backed candidate. In Arizona, Trump's... That's, that's, that's a jungle primary, so that's different. ...down to ballot with his one-pick Kerry Lake looking... The one that's not called yet, looking like she'll emerge as the gubernatorial nominee. All of them have backed various false claims about the 20. 20- now, Mox, it, it it does seem that they are at least extending the moratorium until after the election. They have told student loan servicers not to contact students, which they would be doing right now, and saying, get ready, your student loans are getting ready to start back. Are you ready to start making payments? Blah, blah, blah. I've already gotten those a few times. During the pandemic, but they they have already told servicers not to contact borrowers. So the, they're at least extending the moratorium by the end of August. But maybe they extend the moratorium and they cancel ten thousand at the same time in August. I mean the the. Uh, Democrats are kind of on a roll right now. And like, if you're going to do the 10,000, at least go ahead and do it before the election. I, the last, the last I heard, they were worried about doing it before the election, making it seem like it was too much of a giveaway, which is fucking bullshit. And even if they do the 10,000, I feel like they're going to means test it. It's still going to be like 10,000 for people making under a hundred thousand or some shit. Yeah, the the generic ballot Democrats are now like at a plus three. That was flipped just a few months ago. Plus three Republican generic ballot. But it's just like the candidates for the Republicans are so fucking bad. Like like Carrie Lake. 2020 election. None of them won a majority of Republican support. They won thanks to crowded primaries. In fact... On our Meet the Press election special last night, as we were watching the returns come in live on the air, the state's sitting attorney general told me his Republican Party in Arizona is divided. Folks, the party that's more united usually has a leg up in the midterms. And after last night's results in Kansas and beyond, it's hard to argue that Republicans are the more united party. They just simply aren't. Thanks for no, watching. They, they certainly aren't, and they're full of nut jobs. So maybe this is good news. What is weird is that Warren says she won't back a bipartisan abortion rights bill. Which seems odd to me, but I wonder if there is something... Because it is a bipartisan bill, I wonder if it's too much of a giveaway. And that's why she is not supporting it. Well, let's find out. Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, told NBC News Tuesday night she'll vote against a new bipartisan bill on federal abortion protections introduced in response to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. The legislation introduced Monday would need all 50 Senate Democrats to help it meet the 60 votes needed to pass, which it certainly won't get. 
The bill introduced on Monday is designed to enact in federal law the essential holdings of Roe v. Wade and related cases per a statement from its co-sponsors, Democratic Senators Tim Kaine and Kirsten Sinema and Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. Warren, a longtime abortion rights advocate, told NBC News' Meet the Press the Kaine-Collins bill does not codify Roe, so she intends to vote no. The problem here is this bill is not an obvious improvement over where we stand right now. Meanwhile, referring to the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, Kane told NBC News on Monday night that the bipartisan legislation hadn't so far secured 60 votes, but he had a feeling that the post-Dobbs reality of 10-year-olds being smuggled across state borders could help the measure succeed. He pointed out that the bill was written before the Supreme Court's abortion ruling, our bill is a time machine and we take the law back to where it was the day before Dobbs, Kane said. And not everybody loved the law, but at least it had the virtue of women had to be able to rely on it for 50 years. I think it's the flip of, of it's, it's the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision. But I also, I think it's just that the Republicans are that fucking bad. You have to be a fucking nut job to support these people. Even the Texas... Now, the media is is chasing that dollar and they want conflict. That's why they inflate and promote idiots. Because it's entertaining. That's why we just had fun watching Alex Jones earlier because he's an idiot. But it has serious consequences. But like even the Texas County GOP realizes that John Cornyn is a nut job. They censured John Cornyn, a Texas County GOP. GOP, his own party, censured John Cornyn and demands immediate resignation over his gun safety vote. Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who was first elected to the U.S. Senate in 2002, has a very right-wing voting record, but in Trumpified Republican Party of 2022, it isn't uncommon for arch-conservative Republicans to be told that they aren't conservative enough. And the 70-year-old... Oh, shit, we're on... Whoa. I didn't even think about it. Guns. They're upset with him for, for working with... He is a nut job, and they're upset with him for working for Democrats about guns. It's the opposite of what I thought. I thought I thought that John Corner was getting censured by the GOP for being a nut job. No, 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 no. They're censuring him for not being nut job enough. Well. Monday, August 1st, according to Dallas Morning News reporter Emily Caldwell, the Collin County GOP passed a resolution to censure Cornyn 
over actions the party believes run counter to the core principles of the Republican Party of Texas, including his work on recent federal gun violence legislation. Cornyn has long described himself as a leading defender of the U- uh, U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment, and he has been very friendly with the National Rifle Association over the years, but the Collin County GOP sees it. Cornyn committed a cardinal sin when he helped advance the gun safety bill in the U.S. Senate. President Joe Biden signed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act of 2022 into law in late June. It really doesn't mean anything at all. Wow. Touch on this real fast. Senate votes to approve NATO membership for Sweden and Finland. Seven more NATO countries must give a green light to the expansion of the alliance, which was spurred by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The 95 to 1 vote made the United States the 23rd of NATO's uh, 30 members to ratify the proposed addition, which leaders in Helsinki and Stockholm began to contemplate this spring. Senate Majority Leader Charles E. Schumer called the vote a signal to Russia they cannot intimidate America or Europe. Who was the no vote? Who was the no vote? Is it not gonna is it not gonna tell us the no vote? It was it was Rand Paul, wasn't it? Oh, it was Josh Hawley. Mike Lee voted in favor. Uh, Rand Paul voted present. <laughs> so interesting. Josh Hawley was the no vote for NATO membership. Now we're going to go to Prager U, which is going to tell us how we can be manly men. We need to be tough. We need to be tough. Not not like the not like the crying person from the meme. Ever anywhere. What what is this even from? Does anybody know? I'm sorry, Tones. I like refuting their bullshit. And remember, remember, everything that I'm I'm watching this on is a browser that is blocking any kind of monetization they could have off of this. So yes, I'm giving them a view, but they are not making any money off of me whatsoever. Does anybody? Oh, was that? It was after Trump's election, after Hill Dog lost. Okay. Trump is now president of the United States. Well, I mean, um, he did go on to incite an insurrection and tried to stay in power, tried to command a coup to make himself dictator. So, was she wrong? Was, was she wrong to cry like that? Drake, this is after Smash Mouth played. Might as well be walking on the sun. Complex 
and unpredictable. You can't change this. It's the nature of things. But you can prepare yourself for the next unwelcome surprise. How? By building resilience. Resilience is the ability to bounce back from life's inevitable disappointments, failures, and pains. Resilience is the opposite oh, of... Oh, honey, you don't have to tell me about resilience, bitch. It means that just about everything upsets you. And if just about everything upsets you, you will spend a lot of time angry and hurt. And if you spend a lot of time angry and hurt, you will... Aren't you the one that's, like, upset about seeing a video of somebody just venting their emotions? Like, what, like, you guys spend so much time and effort bitching about other people. It's amazing to me. Like, really, you're the one, you're the offended ones, Prager you. Will not be a happy person. I am so sorry! <laughs> to my world, I am so sorry. Part times get you hard, Mergen! Get some perspective. You live in Step sexual back and anarchy. Your situation with as much objectivity as you can. How bad is this problem? Have I overstated it? Sometimes my patients think an unhappy occurrence is much more serious than it really is, usually because it's amplified by evoking a painful childhood issue. Often getting perspective is as simple as asking yourself this question. What's the worst thing that can happen? Usually, you'll discover that the worst thing isn't that bad and isn't even likely to happen. I've seen Nickelback. There's so much we potential um, for beauty and for devastation. In this one moment, it's just almost incomprehensible that they can exist right now. So, and we are grateful so close. Toughen up. Life hits you from all. Whiny little cowards personal relationships, work challenges, family issues. To deal with them, you need to build up your mental toughness. The earlier in life one starts this process, the better. That's why parents who coddle their children and protect them from every hurt and failure are not doing them any favors. Nor are colleges that provide students with so-called safe spaces. To toughen up, you need to push yourself. How do you know- All of the right, like the right has to have like the right appeals to symbols and symbology and mythology. So they they have to have symbols for you to hate people to channel your anger towards towards to distract you from actually talking about, about substance. They're not capable of talking about substance. I'm Dr. Stephen Marmer, psychiatrist, UCLA Medical School for Prager University. They'd rather, they'd rather tell you everybody else are, are whining and playing victim, but like all they do is play victim. And constantly, I'm in this, I'm in this uh, make offensive memes great again group. In every single post from, from the idiot, like there's been some like lefties that have infiltrated that's kind of fun. But like every single right winger that posts in that group is just like whining about something a, a, a supposed lefty or a liberal did to them. And it's hilarious to me.
a way to virtue signal their lack of empathy to each other. And all they do is vir virtue signal. All they do is virtue signal. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Calling other people woke moralists. Jesus Christ. Did you guys, uh, did you ban socialist turf? Did that happen? Because, like, I saw the, uh... I saw the name and I'm like, this is not a, this is not a, a turf friendly area for you. No, no sorry, Bob. I ain't into it. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, are they still in here? I was wondering if somebody banned them. Cause like my fa my favorite thing in the world is some girl dick. That's what I thought. They seem pretty belligerent. No, oh, nobody banned them. Okie dokie. I mean, I was just checking. All right, here I have something very special. I have something very special for your animal video tonight. I'm very excited to show this to you. It's very short. We'll watch it many, many times because it's, it's quite possibly one of the best animal videos I've ever seen in my life. Is this a gorilla? Is this a gorilla? Is this what this is? Sliding at us. <laughs> Peak TikTok. Man, I can always go back to wordy talk. I have, uh, thank you, Tones. Thank you. I have thought about, uh, doing a show on Pornhub. I've thought about doing a troll patrol like show where I watch porn videos and doing it on Pornhub. Why not? It seems like it'd be fun. <laughs> I'll just I'll just show different porn videos I found. Like would you get a load of this shit? I'll show you funny shit. I'll show you sexy shit. <laughs> uh, from my vast trove of bookmarked and and owned porn. <laughs> I know I know this is my favorite fucking clip for those of you who may be uh, listening to this as audio this gorilla I is it a gorilla am I getting the am I giving its name I think it's a gorilla the male gorilla it pops out of a hole in its uh, enclosure 
and it slides across the floor like a fucking champ, like a fucking champ. And it just, it, it turns, it turns ever so slowly to reveal it's just, it's glorious buttocks. I mean, <laughs> it's about a five second clip. <laughs> and it seems like he knows what he's doing. Like, look at this ass right here. Oh my God, Becky. Look at his butt. This is a glorious gorilla ass. He knows he knows he's the shit. But, but there are people that listen to this show as a podcast. It it still trips me out, but we've we've got like three listeners every fucking episode. Listen, if you got it, flaunt it. I t- yes. Everyone should see this. Everyone should see that amazing gorilla ass. Uh, I think it's hay, isn't it? I don't think it's wood shavings. I think it's hay. Hay on the floor. Uh, this glorious gorilla should be in in a jungle somewhere and should not be in captivity, but we don't know that it wasn't injured somehow and that it was rescued. But my God, that is, that is an ass that uh, any Hollywood producer would eat up. That is an ass that would uh, be in the the top point one percent on OnlyFans. I want to slap it. I bet it's so fucking firm too. Like goddamn. <laughs> oh, and I like that. Like like the kids just get out of the way. Like let the man slide through here. Man is here. <laughs> A wrestler should adopt this as ring entrance. <laughs> We have watched we we have watched this gorilla show us his ass for a good four or five minutes now, and I still have not gotten tired of it. I wish I could send it to people on Facebook, but I can't because for some reason uh, I am I am banned from sending messages on Facebook on Facebook Messenger. You can't send messages right now. Something you sent in a chat was found to go against community standards. I didn't know they had community standards in chat because, like, I sexed people and shit in chat. That gorilla can slide right into my DMs, too. Right, Tones? Right? Oh, yeah. I guess this guy comments like, all right, enough gorilla ass. Yeah, you're right. We need to wrap it up. Enough gorilla ass. <laughs> but it is it is a glorious gorilla ass. Ooh. Ooh. It is the first intellectual dollar tree from the new studio with Echoplex Media and we are right on time. 
I don't know if uh, HK is with producer Dave. I don't know. I don't know uh, what the lineup is for tonight. But we're going to uh, head on over to the Intellectual Dollar Tree, which should be starting just momentarily, if it hasn't already, by the time we mosey on over there. So go ahead, light one up, tip one back. Ah, uh, Cicero, I'm sorry you just got here. Yeah, I've got I've got so much work to do, but I promise you, Producer Dave will take really good care of you over on the Intellectual Dollar Tree. The first, the first IDT from the new studio. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before we hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live. Oh man, I I don't think uh, I don't think the January sixth committee would have Alex Jones. They would be afraid that it would be a spectacle, and they don't want that. Like they, they wouldn't want, they wanted him to sit for a deposition so that they could use segments of his deposition the way they have. But I don't think they would let him have like a live microphone on national TV. No, not a chance in hell. And who knows what the fuck he would say if he had that. He would take that opportunity. Man, would it be awesome if if we could watch that, but that's never going to happen. It's currently unclear what the committee's specific interests are in Jones's communications. Rolling Stone reported, Lawyers for the Sandy Hook plaintiffs, however, have alleged that Jones deliberately withheld relevant communications about the false claims he spread about the tragedy and lied about having conducted a search for the records. Alex Jones is fucked. Alex Jones is fucked. Couldn't have happened to a shittier guy. So tonight, I'm like, I'm trying to be upbeat tonight. I'm trying to. I've been, I've, I've been, I've been doomer, fucking news the last few nights, telling you about how shitty monkeypox is, COVID making a roaring comeback. We play. We played the dude from the UN. It's like we are on the brink of total annihilation. We've we've been we've been seeing the effects of climate change firsthand. But tonight, I'm trying to be more on the positive side. I know. I know. She safely has left Taiwan. China uh, was all blustered and actually didn't actually want to pull some shit. Come on, China. Which I mean, like, it would have been World War Three if they had done that shit. And I guess, I guess, I guess Biden knew, but we're not talking about that yet. Unless you want to talk about it. Do you want to talk about that? Let's talk about that. I mean, why the fuck not? We're on the subject. Let's do it. We're looking at rising tensions following Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. Controversial and perhaps consequential visits to Taiwan in decades. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has now left the self-governing island, but the fallout remains to be... We don't really get a lot of Xi Jinping memes 
And, like, that would be, like, the one upside to war with China is we get a hell of a lot more Xi Jinping... Buy stock in Xi Jinping memes. Where Where is the Jim Cramer meme where he's telling you to buy stock in different memes? Xi Jinping, Winnie the Pooh memes are going to go through the, through the fucking roof. Justin freaking calls it. August 13th, 2022. Mark it down on your calendars. Xi Jinping memes going through the roof. Buy, buy, buy. Be seen. Nick Schifrin looks at her trip and what comes next. Ladies and gentlemen, in Taipei's presidential office building today, the second in line to the U.S. presidency received Taiwan's highest civilian honor and presented U.S. support as part of a global struggle. Today, the world faces a choice between democracy and autocracy. America's determination to preserve democracy here in Taiwan and around the world remains ironclad. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's trip lasted 19 hours. She led a congressional delegation to meet President Tsai Ing-wen. Thank you so much for your presence. Taiwanese lawmakers in a speech broadcast on local TV and visited the National Human Rights Museum, which acknowledges Taiwan's past history of martial law. Pelosi also met with famous pro-democracy advocates who've been jailed by Beijing and who helped lead the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests. Chinese police abruptly halted a Tiananmen Square ceremony by three members of the U.S. Congress today. Her trip culminates more than three decades of criticizing Chinese human rights from Tiananmen Square. The massacre was shocking to us as, as was to everyone in the world. Look at that young Nancy. ...has challenged the conscience of the world. And Xinjiang. This genocide must end now. But China considers Taiwan a breakaway province, and Pelosi's trip a threat to its sovereignty. What Pelosi has done is by no means a defense of democracy, but a violation of China's territorial integrity. The relevant measures will be strong. Those measures so far, Chinese naval drills in the Taiwan Strait. And today, fighter jets cross the median line that splits the strait, which is just 80 miles wide at its most narrow. Beijing vows now to hold military... RB, I need to keep a bucket of cold water next to me so I can throw an RB over here. You live in sexual anarchy? I mean, go look up her beach pictures. You may you may reconsider being with her now. Terry exercises in six areas around the island, including inside territorial Taiwan. Bonk, bonk, bonk. The largest drill since 1995. Taiwan calls that reckless. China's announcement on its drills is equal to sea and air blockades. It has severely infringed our country's territorial sovereignty. And to discuss Speaker Pelosi's trip, I'm joined by Bonnie Glazer, director of the Asia program at the German Marshall Fund, a think tank, and Yoon Sun, director of the... I am not pulling up a picture of Nancy Pelosi in a bathing suit for you guys. No, that's not happening. ...in a program at the Stimson Center... Stop being horny. ...Policy Institute here in Washington, D.C. Welcome to both of you to the news hour. Bonnie Glazer, let me start with you. Should Speaker Pelosi have gone to Taiwan? Well, I think that Speaker Pelosi should have gone to Taiwan at another time. I really do think that it's the timing of this visit that makes... But if you haven't seen it, she got some some big old mommy knockers. 
the the Chinese certainly viewed the timing of the visit, I think, as provocative. The problem is this is in the run-up to the 20th Party Congress. It's right a, a day or two after the PLA anniversary and the leadership meetings that are coming up in Beidaiha that take place every summer. And I think that there was pressure on Xi Jinping to demonstrate a very strong resolve uh, to warn the United States and Taiwan to not go further down the path of threat. And no, yeah, see, this is the thing. This is the reason why I didn't want to do like this got all off topic. We're talking about an incredibly serious topic. And then we boiled a woman who like, we don't like Nancy Pelosi, but the reasons we don't like Nancy Pelosi are substantive. Uh, to, to, to boil Nancy Pelosi down to her looks in a bikini is wrong to one of the most powerful women in the world. Unfortunately. And like, and clearly like Nancy used to be, you know, more progressive or I guess just like seemed more progressive based upon the time. (laughs) Ah, God. I'm not the horny one here. I'm not the horny one. I'm trying. I, I couldn't help myself but make jokes about Nancy's. And like that was wrong of me. That was just as exploitive as somebody wanting to jack off to her boobs. But I couldn't help myself to make the jokes. I couldn't help myself to make the jokes. I Justin is part of the problem. But Justin tries to, like, you know, correct himself in real time and be like, oh, I shouldn't, probably shouldn't have done that. Like, you know, this is, this was what was wrong with what I did. And we can talk through it and, and work through, you know, growing. Justin is part of the problem. And I was really wanting to, to listen to this story. This is for PBS NewsHour. Blockades. It has severely infringed our country's territorial sovereignty. And to discuss Speaker Pelosi's trip, I'm joined by Bonnie Glazer, director of the Asia program at the German Marshall Fund, a think tank, and Yun Sun, director of the China program at the Stimson Center, a foreign policy institute here in Washington, D.C. Welcome to both of you to the news hour. Bonnie Glazer, let me start with you. Should Speaker Pelosi have gone to Taiwan? Well, I think that Speaker Pelosi should have gone to Taiwan at another time. I really do think that it's the timing of this visit that makes it particularly uh, sensitive, uh, dangerous even. Uh, the, the Chinese certainly viewed the timing of the visit, I think, as provocative. The problem is this is in the run-up to the 20th Party Congress. It's right a, a day or two after the PLA anniversary and the leadership meetings that are coming up in Beidaiha that take place every summer. And I think that there was pressure on Xi Jinping to demonstrate a very strong resolve uh, to warn the United States and Taiwan to not go further down the path of threatening Chinese interests. Yunsun, do you agree that the upcoming party congress later this year almost forces Xi Jinping to escalate? Well, I feel that the argument can be, mo- can be made from both ways. That the fact that the party congress is coming up could be a factor that put pressure on Xi Jinping to act. But at the same time, you could also argue that because party congress is so close, it's only three months later, Xi Jinping's top priority is domestic and his priority is stability. And therefore, he's not going to take forceful act in terms of the uh, military response. So I feel that this uh, party congress is really a factor that could be argued on both sides. Bonnie Glazer, why does Beijing... Oh, shit. 
so upset uh, about this trip. Uh, and Mox, I think I think your theory makes sense as well. What President Biden has been saying, you referred to U.S. policy. He has referred in the last year three times to the. Everything is downstream for like like Nvidia doesn't produce in Taiwan, but yeah, Taiwan makes their chips. Everything is downstream from Taiwan because they make the microprocessors. And they don't they don't allow anything but like out like the current gen chips are are manufactured elsewhere. The next gen chips are only manufactured in Taiwan. Like the like like apparently like it's really expensive equipment, right? To to be able to fabricate the and you gotta keep inventing new equipment to make the smaller and smaller microprocessors. The possibility that the U.S. would support Taiwan militarily. Well, actually, I think that the president um, has the prerogative to say that he would come to Taiwan's defense, and he believes that that would strengthen deterrence. And yes, he has said that three times. What is more problematic from my perspective is that the president has repeatedly said we have a commitment to do so. He is, of course, referring to the Taiwan Relations Act from 1979, which does has, have some obligations of, that the United States uh, has, particularly supplying weapons uh, to Taiwan. But the United States, and it's since 1979, when we broke our mutual defense treaty with Taiwan, does not have a commitment to come to Taiwan's defense. So I think that that in particular has been uh, confusing and probably in China has been interpreted with some concern. Yunsun, what has not been confusing this week is Beijing's anger and some of the live fire drills and some of the training exercises that Beijing has launched just in the last few days in response to Speaker Pelosi's visit. But do you believe or do you see those as particularly aggressive? Actually, no. Actually, I see Beijing's response has been underwhelming, especially if you put it into context of what the Chinese threat well, have been before uh, the Pelosi visit to to Taiwan. The Chinese yeah, they threatened to shoot her down. Threatened the missile exercises. They threatened a fourth Taiwan Street crisis. If Speaker of the House Pelosi was going to visit Taiwan, but we also know that none of those particularly provocative or react uh, or aggressive military act actions were taken before she landed in Taiwan. Now that she is gone, she is out of Taiwan, and the Chinese are putting on live fire uh, military exercises. They're also announcing sanctions on Taiwanese products. They also announced the ban, the ban of export of natural sand to, to Taiwan. So which means to me that the Chinese reaction to the Pelosi visit has been primarily focused on punishing Taiwan rather than reacting to the United States. Bonnie, huh. has the response been underwhelming, as Yun Sun just said? Well, I do disagree, uh, particularly if you look at the declared closure zones, which is where China is going to fire missiles. They are very close to Taiwan. And in some cases, they overlap with Taiwan's territorial sea and airspace. That's within 12 nautical miles of the island. So we will find out when these uh, live missile exercises begin, which is on Thursday. So should we should we trust the the Chinese woman to because she is in closer proximity to what's going on? Or should we assume that she's being softer on China, possibly. Thursday, uh, but it looks like the Chinese plan to fire missiles in uh, Taiwan's airspace. 
and uh, perhaps uh, actually fly aircraft in that airspace. Uh, the tabloid Global Times, which not authoritative, but sometimes is correct, has said that uh, <laughs> China will fly its aircraft over Taiwan. Any of those things would be extremely provocative. And what I'd like to highlight is that these closure zones are close to Taiwan's ports. They are close to its um, international airport. This is very clearly a signal of capability to blockade Taiwan. So that is dangerous and provocative and escalatory. Yunsun, how dangerous are she makes it? She makes a point. Get out of hand because the Chinese, in fact, are trying to gauge how Taiwan is going to react to these series of military activities planned by China and whether, more importantly for the Chinese, whether the United States will come to Taiwan's support or Taiwan's rescue um, in terms of the Chinese planned military exercises. And quickly, Bonnie Glazer, the longer term. They're both correct. Of Speaker Pelosi's trip, not only. Both were informative. But also here tracking the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, considering the Taiwan Policy Act, which would dramatically increase U.S. military support to Taiwan. Yes, I think there is bipartisan support in Congress for increasing military support, uh, perhaps providing foreign military financing for, for Taiwan, so actual resources, and selling more offensive weapons uh, going forward, maybe even designating Taiwan as a non-NATO ally. All of those provisions are in the Taiwan Policy Act. Uh, we do not know whether it will pass, but it is indicative of the growing uh, sense of urgency in the United States, in Congress. Also, I believe in the executive branch that the United States has to do more to help Taiwan defend itself. Yun Sun, quickly, just in the time we have, growing sense of urgency uh, in a bipartisan way in Washington. Uh, I think that that would make sense, Arby. As well, does he understand that U.S. support for Taiwan is only going to become stronger as time passes by? But the question for Beijing is that should they take actions now? If they know that the future is only going to be more difficult for China to achieve its unification agenda, and there is a voice asking for it. But the counter-argument is that, well, if China takes action now, can China really succeed? And I think that's where the Chinese military becomes more reluctant to provide a straight answer. So, yes, indeed, the situation is uh, extremely dangerous. And when we look down the road, it probably will get even more in, more tense as these uh, interactions continue. Yun-sun, Bonnie Glazer, thanks very much to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Both of them were very informative. The PBS can be good, and we're going to go to a, le- a less informative U.S. perspective from General David Petraeus. Now, you Former head of the CIA. For Pelosi's visit. We're already seeing a blockade of sorts around Taiwan. What do you think we'll see? Well, I don't think that President Xi at the end of the day really wants oh, to... Oh, no. Oh, no. Here. Uh, his uh, words seem to indicate that he's not out to, to, to pick a fight in response to this action that has taken place, which has been awkward, to say the least, particularly in Washington, where you have the president, the national security military reportedly discouraging this, the speaker going ahead, others saying it's the speaker's right, and it is. Uh, but again, the timing of this is very difficult in particular, because President Xi, let's remember, he is in election season as well. Mm-hmm. He's three months away from the gathering of the communist Chinese Communist Party, which will presumably uh, re-elect him for an unprecedented third term as party leader. That will be followed by his re-election as the president and the head of the military commission. He wanted a smooth path to this. 
this particular trip at this time uh, and in this way really does force him to be an ultra-nationalist. He has to show that he's mm. tougher than all the rest. So you will see these live fire exercises all around the island of Taiwan. You'll see aircraft uh, uh, back into the airspace and so forth. Uh, all of this, I think, we will see. And I would suspect this may play out over some time as well. This will not just be, you know, a spasm of, of activity right now. There could be further uh, repercussions down the line. There are also some economic uh, sanctions that have been imposed on Taiwan as a result yes. of this as well. So this will take some time to play out. I don't see... Like pocket sand. No more pocket sand. His or China's China around Taiwan. We clearly have positioned our forces and our capabilities so that we can do what is necessary oh, uh, if it comes to that. That is the U.S. perspective the military-industrial complex, if you will. Straight from Petraeus's mouth. I don't, like, so the idea of a pump and dump, the chip shortage, I don't know exactly what's going on because stonks, stonks have rebounded. Stonks rebounded. Investors cheering on strong economic data after more companies release better than expected earnings. CNBC NASDAQ reporter. Strong economic data. This comes after just like there was a deluge of headlines. Fired fucking thousands of employees, fired thousands of employees. Strong economic data. What? What? What is going on right now, guys? I have no fucking clue. I don't think they have any clue. They've been yelling about a recession. They've been yelling about an inflation. Strong economic data, though, now. What? Christina Parts and Evelos joins us now to break it all down. Christina, what's the latest with the markets? Well, we're seeing stocks across the board uh, just, you know, higher, and that's led by beaten down tech names. You mentioned economic data. We've got the July uh, PMI data, so that just looks at per, uh, the um, non-manufacturing and service pretty much index, and so that came out It's the CERN. For June, those statistics came out higher than expected. So you have those two economic uh, data points. You, you might be right, Mox. That was on CNBC earlier this morning saying he doesn't think we're in a recession. So there's been a lot of movement, plus stronger earnings that are coming out, stronger than expected, I should say. So that's helping uh, the markets. There's two names I want to focus on. Uh, CVS. CVS did see its shares climb about 6% right now. And that was helped by over-the-counter COVID-19 tests, as well as an upbeat performance for its insurance unit and then lastly you got match group match group is doing really poorly right now it's down what is it over 13 percent lower uh and this is because they're saying that people they're having trouble getting new users to use all of their dating apps and they also just said that the ceo of tinder left so lots of uh, big movers there a lot of it has to do with strong earnings reports for sure we we do have mandy Man, by the way welcome mandy we do have these these possible solar storms that can disrupt electrical grids and shit. I didn't I didn't put it on the on the list for tonight, but like that's a thing that is indeed going on. 
God damn! As it, I want, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be doom and gloom tonight. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be doom and gloom tonight. I wanted to do, wanted to do good news. I wanted to talk about how the stock market's doing great. I wanted to, God damn, Mandy, you missed, you missed the uh, Alex Jones portion of this show, and that was the best. That might have been one of the best segments I've ever done. Just be just because Alex Jones was so entertaining. Or watching the judge and the lawyers own Alex Jones was so entertaining. <laughs> With Tess and I wanted to ask you also about crypto. I hear there's more bad news in that world, so what's crypto. going on? Crypto. Yeah, there's, it seems to me that there was a another Solana wallets. There was another cryptocurrency hack. To the moon! This month, and it, you know, we're only Wednesday right now. So <laughs> this is a major issue uh, showing that there are some discrepancies and that you can steal from wallets. And the other major point, too, is Robinhood. Robinhood announced that they would be cutting and laying, uh, letting go of uh, 23% of their staff. This is after they let go of 9% of their staff back in April. They say it had to do with inflation and the markets and just the economy growing weaker but you also have to think if you held crypto about six months ago and then today you're de- most definitely seeing a drop and a lot of that is affecting some of these trading platforms and so-, so it has been like all these tech companies they're the ones that have been laying off all the all the fucking people and to to me i think uh that's just a sign of how overinflated the tech market was but if they can lay off all those people and, and they can contract and the rest of the market is up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, where are you going, buddy? I I kind of winced when he put his uh, paws up here because he had his claws out. Come on, Smokes. Come on, buddy. Okay, I got him. Here he comes. Here he comes. There's a Smokey. There's a smoky. Say hi, everybody. Why you got your head down? Say hi, everybody. <laughs> smoky be free? No, Smoky was free for eight days. And since then, he's been like up my ass. I think he really missed me. Which makes no sense because, like, why wouldn't he then come to me? Hey, Smokey, do you want to go see Loki? Sweet baby. Ow, he's he's clawing. He's clawing my knee. I got a, I got a socks over here, too, but socks are going to get him something to eat. Maynard is not. Maynard has made himself more at home in another part of the house. Smokey don't have no goddamn Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, oh, by the way, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I'll show you the picture of Smokey when we... So, he never would come to me. So, we had to use a trap to get him. And this was the picture of him... In the in the trap, <laughs> he was not happy about because like he goes outside, he turns into a wild man or something. 
He's a caged animal. Man, was I so happy to have him back. I did free him. You just saw him. He was up on my lap. He was loving on me. What are you talking about? Just, just moments ago, we did the... Yeah, he he was like, he was very, I don't know how long he was in the cage. I had fallen asleep, but like, it couldn't have been more than like two, two and a half hours. Oh God, yeah, like I, I was really upset, but we kept seeing him. That was, that was the one thing that like, it had been several days, but then like, poof, he'd He'd show up. So. Hard to lose hope when he would pop in and like he'd just be there for a little bit and then like another cat would run him off or something. So that's why we we, we put. We put the outdoor cat up. Changed seismically. Mandy, I kicked myself for the night that, like, because he's gone out before and then he just comes back, like, you know, an hour or two later. Just leave the door open and he'll come in. And uh, that Friday night, that's what we had done. We just left the door open, you know, thinking he'd just come in. And I go out and I see him. And, like, I'm going up to him, and, uh, because he's, like, meowing at me and shit. I'm like, come on, buddy. And they're, like, uh, she had a, like, a pallet with a cinder block, like, blocking the inside. Like, there's a courtyard to the apartment here. And, like, that's where, like, the cats go out and they play outside the courtyard. So she kind of had it blocked off so the cats couldn't get out. And when I moved the pallet, it made like a wild noise and Smokey went running. And then like, I'm like, God damn it, motherfucker. Why didn't you let me get you? So I was like, well, I'll go back in, play some video games for an hour or two. And I'll come back out. He'll be ready to come in. Nope. Didn't see him the rest of the night. I went out there and like, I was out there for an hour or so. I'm like, fuck, where is he? Well, he'll come back tomorrow. That's, that's kind of that's kind of what was going on just because like I walked all over the pro you know like fucking all the way down like it's a, it's a very large property I, wa- I walked all the way down to try to find he's he's sitting over at the litter box but he's not actually getting in the litter box weirdo you're a weirdo anyway Kansas Kansas change the midterm landscape seismically. I'm sorry, content warning, you're going to have to look at Chuck Todd's stupid face. Last night. And now everyone in American politics, from the White House to the State House, and every election in between, is trying to determine where this is headed next. After voters in what you might call Ruby Slipper Red, Kansas, overwhelmingly cited... I'm actually not gay. I'm pansexual. Which means I'm predominantly attracted to people on the feminine side of the spectrum. I probably had more pussy than you ever will. That's for sure. 
But uh, like, dick is yummy too. And I really, I'm a big fan of girl dick. Girl dick is is exquisite. <laughs> so no, I am I am not gay as fuck. I I I hate to disappoint you. Maybe maybe you wanted to sweep me away. You wanted to you wanted to gay marriage me. I'm so hold on. I can't see your name. I can't see your name. Let me. Socialist Turf, what is up? Wait, Socialist Turf. Now I. This is not a turf safe zone around here. Socialist Turf. Just saying. Two girls, one Sean. I like cum. <laughs> what? Cum plays like one of my kinks too. I always want to know where, where do you where do you want me to come? You want it in your mouth? You want it in your pussy? You want it in your butt? You want it on your back? Socialist turf seems like a dumb fuck. Hey, like, I don't... I am a total free speech absolutist. Hey, dog, if you're 17, get the fuck out of here. This is clearly an adult channel, 18+. plus. Nobody, nobody wants to hear your whiny bitching. Awkward. That's what I'm saying. I'm not gay as fuck. I sometimes I like to get gay as fuck. That's fun. The night I had a threesome with two dudes and one came in my mouth and one came in my ass. That was pretty gay, I would assume. <laughs> but you know, that's a that's a rarity, right? Maybe just a little gay, just a little gay. But like you know, most of the time, like I'm, I'm, I'm more over on the other side of the spectrum. It was, it was just something I wanted to mark off of what I call my fuck it list, my fuck it list. That's what I was getting ready to say. Like, I am a free speech absolutist. However, I give the power to ban to the community and people that I trust with that power to ban. And if they decide they don't want to put up with your griefing, then uh, see ya. See ya. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. We'll indeed see who cancels who. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's part of a, it's part of one of my stand up routines. I call it my fuck it list. I don't know what these cats are doing over here. Okay. But yesterday, Kansas, 
rejected removing the constitutional right to an abortion from the state constitution. Shaking the very foundation of the upcoming midterm election that is just about three months away that will really kick into high gear come next month. With abortion rights advocates striking down a proposed constitutional amendment that would have paved the way for the state legislature. Well, see, here's the thing is like, I like women. I don't, I don't really care too much for dudes. It's like, you know, dick shummy sometimes. And then, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really into uh, people on the feminine side of the spectrum that that may not have, you know, vaginas. So, like, and and like, I'm really into, you know, everybody being at the party. So, like, you know, if you if you wanna if you wanna have a party, that's you know. Get some guys, get some gals, get some people that don't conform. I'm totally cool. Let's do it. The more the merrier and like, let's, let's have some fun. Let's think of some weird stuff to do. Oh, the gay lifestyle is totally fun. You can you can have a lot of fun around some gay guys until they get to acting all like, you know. I'd say gay bars aren't fun at two o'clock in the morning, two thirty in the morning. You get to the when you get to uh closing time. Well hell yeah, Tones. <laughs> That's getting a little gay. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And it's okay to it's okay to get a little gay for uh Pride Month. Nothing gay about bouncing on your boy's dick. You live in sexual anarchy. <laughs> Nothing gay about bouncing on your boy's dick. Hey, bouncing on your boy's dick is never gonna result in you needing an abortion. Nature? to increase abortion restrictions in the state, perhaps banning abortion completely. The vote loudly confirmed hopes among Democrats that abortion could be a powerful... Closing time. We've been seeing clues this summer that these midterms might not be going what you might say is the normal way for the president, for a president's first midterm. There have been signs that political winds could be shifting for his party ever so slightly. We saw the increase in voter enthusiasm, a bounce in midterm polling, which was notably decoupled from Biden's sagging job approval ratings, stronger than expected fundraising and quite a few Senate races. And then Kansas happened. Turnout last night was huge for an August primary. In in fact, it rivaled general election numbers. Unaffiliated voters turned out in huge numbers. Steve Kornacki is going to be here momentarily. We'll explain just how big that turnout was. Hell yeah. That is very promising for this fall. That voters were saying that they've gone too far. So what happens now? First off, we're going to see a lot of midterm messaging strategy change pretty quickly with Democrats recalibrating their pitch to center it 
on freedom and reproductive rights. President Biden already held an event today on abortion access. Yeah. Expect a lot more of daily events like these from Democratic leaders. Take a listen. Are going to show it? I won't have to show it. About what happened in Kansas last night. In a decisive vote, in a decisive victory, voters made it clear that politicians should not interfere with the... Now, he is working remotely because, once again, we are on... Biden dies of COVID watch. Fundamental rights of women. And the voters of Kansas sent a powerful signal that this fall, the American people will vote to preserve and protect the right and refuse to let them be ripped away by politicians. And my administration has their back. Abortion was the big story last night, but it was not the only story. Elsewhere at the ballot box, candidates backed by Donald Trump had largely a successful night. But we we did not see a Republican Party that you could call and claim is in lockstep behind him. One of Trump's impeachment... They made his face oranger there. ...was only narrowly defeated, arguably... The margin of victory. <laughs> Clearly, CGI ripped with an assist from a Democratic campaign group. But the two Washington representatives, Dan Newhouse and uh, Jamie Herrera Butler, who are also on Trump's target list, are not only running ahead of their Trump backed opponents, but are likely, thanks to the state's unique top two system, going to be able to face a yeah, that's, without some Trump backed candidate. In Arizona, Trump's. That's, that's, that's a jungle primary, so that's different. Down to ballot with his one pick, Carrie Lake, looking. The one that's not called yet, looking like she'll emerge as the gubernatorial nominee. All of them have backed various false claims about the 20. 20- now, Mox, it, it it does seem that they are at least extending the moratorium until after the election. They have told student loan servicers not to contact students, which they would be doing right now, and saying, get ready, your student loans are getting ready to start back. Are you ready to start making payments? Blah, blah, blah. I've already gotten those a few times. During the pandemic, but they they have already told servicers not to contact borrowers. So the they're at least extending the moratorium by the end of August. But maybe they extend the moratorium and they cancel ten thousand at the same time in August. I mean the the. Uh, Democrats are kind of on a roll right now. And like, if you're going to do the 10,000, at least go ahead and do it before the election. I, the last, the last I heard, they were worried about doing it before the election, making it seem like it was too much of a giveaway, which is fucking bullshit. And even if they do the 10,000, I feel like they're going to means test it. It's still going to be like 10,000 for people making under a hundred thousand or some shit. Yeah, the the generic ballot Democrats are now like at a plus three. That was flipped just a few months ago. Plus three Republican generic ballot. But it's just like the candidates for the Republicans are so fucking bad. Like like Carrie Lake. 2020 election. None of them won a majority of Republican support. They won thanks to crowded primaries. In fact... On our Meet the Press election special last night, as we were watching the returns come in live on the air, the state's sitting attorney general told me his Republican Party in Arizona is divided. Folks, the party that's more united usually has a leg up in the midterm. And after last night's results in Kansas and beyond, it's hard to argue that Republicans are the more united party. They just simply aren't. Thanks for no, watching. They, they certainly aren't, and they're full of nut jobs.
So maybe this is good news. What is weird is that Warren says she won't back a bipartisan abortion rights bill. Which seems odd to me, but I wonder if there is something... Because it is a bipartisan bill, I wonder if it's too much of a giveaway. And that's why she is not supporting it. Well, let's find out. Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, told NBC News Tuesday night... She'll vote against a new bipartisan bill on federal abortion protections introduced in response to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. The legislation introduced Monday would need all 50 Senate Democrats to help it meet the 60 votes needed to pass, which it certainly won't get. The bill introduced on Monday is designed to enact in federal law the essential holdings of Roe v. Wade and related cases per a statement from its co-sponsors, Democratic Senators Tim Kaine and Kirsten Sinema and Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. Warren, a longtime abortion rights advocate, told NBC News' Meet the Press the Kaine-Collins bill does not codify Roe, so she intends to vote no. The problem here is this bill is not an obvious improvement over where we stand right now. Meanwhile, referring to the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, Kane told NBC News on Monday night that the bipartisan legislation hadn't so far secured 60 votes, but he had a feeling that the post-Dobbs reality of 10-year-olds being smuggled across state borders could help the measure succeed. He pointed out that the bill was written before the Supreme Court's abortion ruling, our bill is a time machine and we take the law back to where it was the day before Dobbs, Kane said. And not everybody loved the law, but at least it had the virtue of women had to be able to rely on it for 50 years. I think it's the flip of, of it's, it's the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision. But I also, I think it's just that the Republicans are that fucking bad. You have to be a fucking nut job to support these people. Even the Texas... Now, the media is is chasing that dollar and they want conflict. That's why they inflate and promote idiots. Because it's entertaining. That's why we just had fun watching Alex Jones earlier because he's an idiot. But it has serious consequences. But like even the Texas County GOP realizes that John Cornyn is a nut job. They censured John Cornyn, a Texas County GOP. GOP, his own party, censured John Cornyn and demands immediate resignation over his gun safety vote. Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who was first elected to the U.S. Senate in 2002, has a very right-wing voting record, but in Trumpified Republican Party of 2022, it isn't uncommon for arch-conservative Republicans to be told that they aren't conservative enough. And the 70-year-old... Oh, shit, we're on... Whoa. I didn't even think about it. Guns. They're upset with him for, for working with... He is a nut job, and they're upset with him for working for Democrats about guns. It's the opposite of what I thought. I thought I thought that John Corner was getting censured by the GOP for being a nut job. No, 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 no. 
They're censuring him for not being nut job enough. Well, Monday, August 1st, according to Dallas Morning News reporter Emily Caldwell, the Collin County GOP passed a resolution to censure Cornyn over actions the party believes run counter to the core principles of the Republican Party of Texas, including his work on recent federal gun violence legislation. Cornyn has long described himself as a leading defender of the U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment, and he has been very friendly with the National Rifle Association over the years, but the Collin County GOP sees it. Cornyn committed a cardinal sin when he helped advance the gun safety bill in the U.S. Senate. President Joe Biden signed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act of 2022 into law in late June. It really doesn't mean anything at all. Wow. Touch on this real fast. Senate votes to approve NATO membership for Sweden and Finland. Seven more NATO countries must give a green light to the expansion of the alliance, which was spurred by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The 95 to 1 vote made the United States the 23rd of NATO's uh, 30 members to ratify the proposed addition, which leaders in Helsinki and Stockholm began to contemplate this spring. Senate Majority Leader Charles E. Schumer called the vote a signal to Russia they cannot intimidate America or Europe. Who was the no vote? Who was the no vote? Is it not gonna is it not gonna tell us the no vote? It was it was Rand Paul, wasn't it? Oh, it was Josh Hawley. Mike Lee voted in favor. Uh, Rand Paul voted present. <laughs> so interesting. Josh Hawley was the no vote for NATO membership. Now we're going to go to PragerU, which is going to tell us how we can be manly men. We need to be tough. We need to be tough. Not not like the not like the crying person from the meme. Ever anywhere. What what is this even from? Does anybody know? I'm sorry, Tones. I like refuting their bullshit. And remember, remember, everything that I'm I'm watching this on is a browser that is blocking any kind of monetization they could have off of this. So yes, I'm giving them a view, but they are not making any money off of me whatsoever. Does anybody? Oh, was that? It was after Trump's election, after Hill Dog lost. Okay. Trump is now president of the United States. For the what a great honor to be able to introduce for the...
Well, I mean, um, he did go on to incite an insurrection and tried to stay in power. He tried to command a coup to make himself dictator. So, was she wrong? Was, was she wrong to cry like that? Drake, this is after Smash Mouth played. Might as well be walking on the sun. Complex and unpredictable. You can't change this. It's the nature of things. But you can prepare yourself for the next unwelcome surprise. How? By building resilience. Resilience is the ability to bounce back from life's inevitable disappointments, failures, and pains. Resilience is the opposite oh, of... Oh, honey, you don't have to tell me about resilience, bitch. It means that just about everything upsets you. And if just about everything upsets you, you will spend a lot of time angry and hurt. And if you spend a lot of time angry and hurt, you will... Aren't you the one that's, like, upset about seeing a video of somebody just venting their emotions... Like what? Like you guys spend so much time and effort bitching about other people. It's amazing to me. Like really, you're the one. You're the offended ones. Prager, you will not be a happy person. With a gracious aid, I am so sorry. <laughs> to my world, I am so sorry. Part times get you hard, Mergen. Get some perspective. You live in Step sexual back and anarchy. Your situation with as much objectivity as you can. How bad is this problem? Have I overstated it? Sometimes my patients think an unhappy occurrence is much more serious than it really is, usually because it's amplified by evoking a painful childhood issue. Often getting perspective is as simple as asking yourself this question What's the worst thing that can happen? Usually, you'll discover that the worst thing isn't that bad and isn't even likely to happen. I've seen Nickelback. There's so much potential for beauty and for devastation. In this one moment, it's almost incomprehensible that they can exist right now. So, and we are grateful. So close. Toughen up. Life hits you from all. Whiny little cowards personal relationships, work challenges, family issues. To deal with them, you need to build up your mental toughness. The earlier in life one starts this process, the better. That's why parents who coddle their children and protect them from every hurt and failure are not doing them any favors. Nor are colleges that provide students with so-called safe spaces. To toughen up, you need to push yourself. How do you know... All of the right. Like, the right has to have, like... The right appeals to symbols and symbology and mythology. So they they have to have symbols for you to hate people to channel your anger towards towards to distract you from actually talking about, about substance. They're not capable of talking about substance. I'm Dr. Stephen Marmer, psychiatrist, UCLA Medical School for Prager University. They'd rather, they'd rather tell you everybody else are are whining and playing victim, but like all they do is play victim. And constantly, I'm in this, I'm in this uh, make 
offensive memes great again group. And every single post from, from the idiot, like there's been some like lefties that have infiltrated. That's kind of fun. But like every single right winger that posts in that group is just like whining about something a, a, a supposed lefty or a liberal did to them. And it's hilarious to me. A way to virtue signal their lack of empathy to each other. And all they do is vir- virtue signal. All they do is virtue signal. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Calling other people woke moralists. Jesus Christ. Did you guys, uh, did you ban socialist turf? Did that happen? Because, like, I saw the, uh... I saw the name and I'm like, this is not a, this is not a, a turf friendly area for, you No, no siree, Bob, I ain't into it. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, are they still in here? I was wondering if somebody banned them. Cause like my fa- my favorite thing in the world is some girl dick. That's what I thought. They seem pretty belligerent. No, oh, nobody banned them. Okie dokie. I mean, I was just checking. All right, here I have something very special. I have something very special for your animal video tonight. I'm very excited to show this to you. It's very short. We'll watch it many, many times because it's it's quite possibly one of the best animal videos I've ever seen in my life. Is this a gorilla? Is this a gorilla? Is this what this is? Sliding at us. <laughs> Peak TikTok. Man, I could always go back to Wordy Talk. I have, uh, thank you, Tones. Thank you. I have thought about, uh, doing a show on Pornhub. I've thought about doing a troll patrol like show where I watch porn videos and doing it on Pornhub. Why not? It seems like it'd be fun. I'll just I'll just show different porn videos I found. Like would you get a load of this shit? I'll show you funny shit. I'll show you sexy shit. <laughs> uh from my vast trove of bookmarked and and owned porn. 
<laughs> I know. I know. This is my favorite fucking clip. For those of you who may be uh, listening to this as audio, this gorilla. I, is it a gorilla? Am I getting the? Am I giving its name? I think it's a gorilla. The male gorilla. It pops out of a hole in its uh, enclosure. And it slides across the floor like a fucking champ. Like a fucking champ. And it just... It it turns. It turns ever so slowly to reveal it's just... It's glorious buttocks. I mean... (laughs) It's about a five second clip. (laughs) <laughs> and it seems like he knows what he's doing. Like, look at this ass right here. Oh my God, Becky. Look at his butt. This is a glorious gorilla ass. He knows He knows he's the shit. But there are people that listen to this show as a podcast. It it still trips me out, but we've we've got like three listeners every fucking episode. Listen, if you got it, flaunt it. Yes, everyone should see this. Everyone should see that amazing gorilla ass. Uh, I think it's hay, isn't it? I don't think it's wood shavings. I think it's hay. Hay on the floor. Uh, this glorious gorilla should be in in a jungle somewhere and should not be in captivity, but we don't know that it wasn't injured somehow and that it was rescued. But my God, that is that is an ass that uh, any Hollywood producer would eat up. That is an ass that would uh, be in the the top point one percent on OnlyFans. I want to slap it. I bet it's so fucking firm too. Like goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I like that, like, like the kids just get out of the way. Like, let the man slide through here. Man is here. <laughs> A wrestler should adopt this as ring entrance. <laughs> we have watched, we, we have watched this gorilla show us his ass for a good four or five minutes now. And I still have not gotten tired of it. I wish I could send it to people on Facebook, but I can't. Because for some reason, uh, I am I am banned from sending messages on Facebook. On Facebook Messenger. You can't send messages right now. Something you sent in a chat was found to go against community standards. I didn't know they had community standards in chat because, like, I sexed people and shit in chat. That gorilla can slide right into my DMs, too. Right, Tones? Right? Oh, yeah. I get it. Skycom is like, yeah, all right, enough gorilla ass. Yeah, you're right. We need to wrap it up. Enough gorilla ass. <laughs> 
But it is it is a glorious gorilla ass. Ooh, ooh. It is the first intellectual Dollar Tree from the new studio with Echoplex Media, and we are right on time. Uh, I don't know if uh, HK is with Producer Dave. I don't know. I don't know uh, what the lineup is for tonight. But we're going to uh, head on over to the Intellectual Dollar Tree, which should be starting just momentarily, if it hasn't already, by the time we mosey on over there. So go ahead, light one up, tip one back. Ah, uh, Cicero, I'm sorry you just got here. Yeah, I've got I've got so much work to do, but I promise you, Producer Dave will take really good care of you over on the Intellectual Dollar Tree. The first, the first IDT from the new studio. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before we hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live. <laughs>